Welcome to another episode of the Looking After Nature podcast, where we hope to bring you closer to nature and wildlife in Hampshire. My name is Andy Davidson. I'm here once again with my co-host Carly Harrod. Hi Carly. Hi Andy. So today we are meeting with Zoe, who is a project manager for waste prevention with Hampshire County Council. We are, and you may be thinking, what's waste prevention got to do with the countryside service? But we are here today at Westwood Woodland Park on the edge of Southampton, which used to be a landfill site. Yep, so we are stood on top of one of the old landfills, so we're quite high up and we can look out towards the Solent and you can see the Isle of Wight, you can see the refinery, you can even see Royal Victoria Country Park Chapel and sometimes on a good day you can just about see the top of Spinnaker Tower. I'm surprised we can't see it today because it is a good day, it's a beautiful day today isn't it? It is a good day, I think there's still a few too many leaves on the trees at the moment. This landfill closed in the 80s didn't it? Yes. I think things have changed quite a bit since then in terms of what we can use landfills for and recycling and that. Yes, definitely. And that's why we're here with Zoe today, to hopefully find out how we can reduce our waste. Hi Zoe, it's great to see you here today. Hi, nice to meet you. So, um, can you explain what your role is in Hampshire County Council? Yeah, sure. So, um, I am... Uh, project manager in waste and my role specifically is to lead the development and delivery of our waste pre- um, prevention program um, which we've titled under the initiative smart living which is all about everything that um, you and I as consumers and residents of Hampshire can do to actually help prevent putting things in our bin and that's whether it's your recycling bin or your black bag bin. So things have changed quite a bit since the 80s, haven't they? Because you'd have like you chuck everything in here, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Things are have definitely changed. Um, obviously, um, our recycling services are now available to residents to use, um, but also um, the focus around how we can help tackle climate change has brought um, more focus to actually what we can do to prevent waste from occurring in the first place. Because that. Um, By preventing waste, not only are we helping to save carbon by not disposing of it, but we're also um, thinking about how we better manage all the resources that are put into those items in the first place to create them. So keeping them in use or preventing them in the first place helps to reduce carbon from that aspect. So you talked about carbon in relation to waste, and some people might think, you know, what's that all about? But partly, that's partly in the the plastics and things like that, they're quite often made from fossil fuels, aren't they, like oil products? Mm-hmm. And there's carbon in the food waste, because that's plant materials and even in the animals that you eat, there's carbon in those, those um, tissues, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. So one of the things that individuals can really do to help reduce their impact on climate change is looking at how they can reduce food waste. Um, so when it comes to food, um, it's not always it's not just about the carbon that's associated with managing the food waste that's produced um, in the first place it's all the waste um, from all the precious resources that it takes to put that food on your plate in the first place so um, all the carbon that comes with like growing the food um, collecting the food um, transporting it all the water all the energy so food waste is really something that we all have the ability to change um, and make um, our impact on the climate change more manageable. So partly it's about not actually putting, get it, getting so much food into your household probably, isn't it? Um, it's, I guess it's um, a range of many things. It's about making sure that um, 
we make best use of the food that we purchase and there are many ways in which we can do that so for example um, you know planning ahead and thinking about what meals you want the week coming up that can be a really good way of actually um, um, focusing your purchasing power on buying the food only the food that you really need um, then thinking about um, when you get that food into your home when you put it into all your um, into your kitchen how do you place it into your fridge and your cupboards so if it, if for example you have food already in your fridge could you like cycle things so that you put all your new stuff at the back so you know they've got longer dates and bring all the stuff that you've got in there already um, with um, shorter dates available so you know you only reach for the things that are going to need to be used um, sooner um, then you can think about well how best to store these items so um, for example a lot of fruit and veg that um, people purchase is best stored in the fridge and a lot of people don't know that so particularly your fruit a lot of people you know the standard fr fruit bowl is the common feature in your kitchen but actually um, a lot of fruit can last up to you know weeks longer if you put it in your fridge um, you can also think about um, portion sizes so um, often when I'm out and about talking to the public they always say they overcook um, their pasta and rice portion sizes so actually measuring out and thinking about well how much will I really eat that's a really good way of reducing um, food waste in that aspect and then also thinking about leftovers um, a lot of people tend to make a meal and throw away the leftovers afterwards but could you think about um, keeping those leftovers and creating another meal for the next day from them yeah, I think leftovers are some of the best things you can eat because uh, I love a bit of bubble and squeak oh, yeah. after you've done loads of vegetables. <laughs> Particularly mm. at this time of year. Oh, it's a lovely yeah. meal to have. Yeah. Um, and actually things like if you buy a whole chicken, you know, if you roast a whole chicken, you've got loads of leftovers meat there. You're picking, picking the carcass clean. That sounds lovely, doesn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, nothing nicer than a cold chicken sandwich after, oh, after yeah. a roast dinner. Definitely, yeah. And if you can't use that uh, cooked chicken meat in the... Um, the following day then obviously you can still take it off the carcass and put it in your freezer and then defrost it when you are ready to use it yeah now we talked about the fruit bowl i mean i personally keep the bananas separate i do keep it in a fruit bowl but then i eat it pretty quickly anyway but uh, i yeah. keep the bananas separate from the rest of the fruit because there's a bit of a tail around that they make the fruit ripen quicker is that right yeah that's right so yeah bananas are um, a good example of a fruit that does need to stay in the fruit bowl and yes you're completely right they do produce a type of gas that helps ripen things quicker um, but uh, you know bananas are a classic example of when they turn brown a lot of people throw them away but me I personally love a brown banana um, a great way of um, keeping it in use is peeling it chopping it up putting it in your freezer and then you can make some really nice banana ice cream by whizzing them up in a food processor. So is that with anything else? Is it just banana? Uh, I think mango is another good one that you can do that with. Yeah, right. there's, there's quite a few soft fruits that you can try that with. I mean, strawberries as well, they, they make a um, good addition to a fruit smoothie, um, putting them in the freezer. Yeah, definitely. And a good brown banana, really, you know, you can make banana cake from it as well. Banana cake's another great one. Um, I have uh, young kids and they absolutely love it when I mash them um, and put them in pancake mixture as well. It makes them really nice and sweet naturally. So, yeah, definitely a great addition to those kind of items to make. Now, have you got those tips on any of the websites or anything you do run? Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, our initiative is called Smart Living and you can find our 
website at www.hans.gov.uk forward slash waste recycling forward slash smart living and on there you'll find a um, a link to all our food pages and we've got some great recipes on there that help use up um, typical things that uh, you might have find as leftovers as well as making the most of um, things that often can um, ripen and go um, well you know use up before the use by date definitely now the use by dates are they definitely you can't use them after that or is it can you can you apply a bit of judgment with use by dates <laughs> uh, well there's some really interesting um, uh, research looking into that so um, use by dates definitely the food standards agency says that you know anything past the use by date really should not be touched so ideally um, things that are close to when you buy things that have a use by date that's due anytime soon the best thing you can do is consider either using it um, as soon as possible or if you're not going to use it in time um, think about where whether it can go in the freezer and then place it in there so that it's ready for when you can use it. Um, in terms of best before dates, so these are often what, um, and, it, and they're an advisory date, so they suggest using it by that date, but obviously you can use your judgment as to whether um, you can use it afterwards. So um, they are looking at perhaps changing um, some products that these dates are applied to, to allow people to use their own judgment. So um, a good example is dairy products, so looking at people doing um, getting people to do the sniff test around milk so you can judge whether or not you can use it beyond um, those dates yeah because basically we've evolved to be able to have a reasonably good sense of smell to be able to tell when food's off haven't we we have yes yeah and um you know obviously it's all down to individuals and personal taste but um it is a great way of um helping to reduce how much food you throw away so we talked a bit about the storage of food now clearly tin stuff can go in your cupboards Personally, I don't keep eggs in the fridge. Is that true or is that best? Uh, again, it, I think it's down to per personal preference, but um, the general recommendation is to put them in the fridge to help them last longer. Um, but in terms of the fridge itself, is there anything you can do to help with uh, pre preserving food when it's actually in the fridge? Yes, yeah, so a lot of people don't realise that um, some fridges are set at a much too warm temperature so around eight degrees when in fact the best temperature to have your fridge set at is between three and five degrees and by making this slight change in temperature things like milk can last up to three days longer in your fridge so again it helps to reduce food waste so in hampshire how much food waste is produced each year so around um, hampshire we have about approximately 130,000 tons of food waste is thrown away um, and to you and I, that's the equivalent of over 10,400 double-decker buses. So if you can picture those buses together, that's how much food waste <laughs> is thrown away in Hampshire alone. Um, so food, the food that we throw away represents about one-third of what is left in our black bag waste. And over three-quarters of that is actually what we classify as avoidable. So we could have avoided throwing that food away in the first place have we been able to um, manage it better in our homes, eat it all up or make use of our leftovers? If we were all to stop wasting food in Hampshire, it would have the equivalent environmental impact on greenhouse gas emissions as taking one in four cars off the road. And it's estimated that on average, each 
household in the UK loses around £500 a year on wasting food and this increases to £730 if you're a household with children. Yeah, that can make quite a difference, can't it, in terms of our climate change gender? Yes, definitely. I mean, food, reducing food waste is one of the things as individuals and consumers we have within our ability to make a real difference on, to climate change. Now, I, at home, I've got a, I mean, I've got a big enough garden. I've got a compost eaten in the garden and I compost like peelings and banana peel and all that sort of thing into that compost bin. I mean, is that good to do? Yeah, the best thing you can do if you do produce food waste is think about whether or not you can home compost it. So dealing with it at the um, point of source, so at your home, is the best way in which you can deal with it. So um, through Smart Living, you can purchase a um, home compost bin at cost price through our website. Um, and these are a really effective way at helping to break the food down and return all the nutrients and organic matter back to the soil. Now, as I say, I, I put things like the trimmings from the vegetables and banana peels, um, but I don't put meat and stuff like that in there. Or uh, what can you can and can't you put in your compost heap safely? Um, so, depending on the type of um, system you have in your home, if we think about the idea of a compost bin in terms of the items that look a bit like a Dalek, um, the best way to use to get the most out of them is by having a good mix of what we call green and brown material. Mm. So all your green material is what we think of as in terms of like fresh items. So that could be your fruit and vegetable peelings like you mentioned, um, but also your grass cuttings, leaves, twigs, um, anything that's sort of what we call fresh. Um, and then your brown material um, is things that are a bit more hardy and a bit more woody. So things like shredded paper, egg boxes, um, ripped up cardboard, um, all the more sturdy stuff. And that, by mixing it and regularly to aerate it um, and having a good mix of this material, you're guaranteed to get a really good compost out of it. And compost is really good for wildlife, almost indirectly, because it replaces use of peat in the garden, doesn't it? Yep, that's right. So again, you can have offer some climate change benefit in that respect. Because the peat lands where those come from are normally really rich in wildlife, but it's also in itself, it's like a fossil fuel in waiting. It stores a lot of carbon and by use, digging it out and using it in your garden, you're releasing that carbon, aren't you? Yes, that's right. So, well, I don't know if this is true, but I know they're looking to protect all the peat bogs to ensure that they remain in place and act as a carbon sink. Um, so, you know, creating this compost at your home is a really good way of sourcing that material to help your garden. And they are a good place for wildlife to grow. So yeah. in, my, in my bin at home, I have lots of worms in there, lots of wood lice, lots of mini bugs that um, my children like looking at. So it's a great way to engage children in nature as well. So clearly, I mean, what you choose to eat, eating local and seasonal is quite a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So. Buying items in season means they often can last longer and they tend to taste a lot better. Mm. Um, but also buying local means that they, those items haven't traveled so far. So again, it offers that carbon benefit um, and it also helps to support local business. So clearly you're focusing a lot on food waste. I mean, why is the particular focus on that rather than anything else in waste? Um, 
well not only are we all guilty of throwing away food waste but I think a lot in terms of actually preventing waste a lot of focus tends to be on plastic because it is very visible to us as individuals and consumers preventing all waste is great for the environment and offers the best environmental outcome in terms of waste but when we look at individual materials um, food waste is actually more a lot more potent in terms of its carbon impact than other materials. For example, um, one kilogram of food waste going to landfill has the equivalent impact of landfilling 25,000 plastic bottles. So you can see um, reducing your food waste can have a real beneficial impact to climate change. So that's a really nice fact to actually understand and uh, know what your impact is on the world. Definitely. Well, it's been good to meet you, Annie Zoe. I mean, it's a lovely day, but I've learnt a lot today. Fantastic. It's been lovely to meet you too, and I am loving the view, and it's such a beautiful day. I'm really happy to be outside with you. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, it's been a lovely day here, and it's a nice day to get out, because I can really feel the warmth of the sun here, which is a benefit at the moment, isn't it? It is. When I was coming in earlier, it was a bit cold, but now we're stood in the sun, it's absolutely beautiful. And I love it here at Westwood, because this used to be one of the sites I managed. And it's a great site, because it's been a landfill, it's got lots of mini habitats everywhere, so where they brought the soil in to cap it, it's all bought its own little micro habitat. So right on the top of this landfill lump, we have a reed bed. So obviously that bit of soil came from somewhere that had a bit of reed in it. And now we have a reed bed on top of a mound. So there's lots of little micro habitats in Westwood, which wouldn't be here unless it was a landfill. So um, we've talked about your aversion to bananas. It sounds like it's got a bit worse now. Do you eat bananas at all now? No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I still feed them to my children, obviously. Um, and I recycle them. I make plant food out of my banana skins. So what we do is we chop them up, put them in some water, and it makes a really good plant fertiliser for your indoor plants. Well, that's a good one, because it clearly saves on buying a plastic bottle with some probably artificial fertiliser yeah. in, doesn't it? No, definitely make your own out of banana skins. It's really good. I mean, how much do you recycle personally, Carly? So I try and throw away as little waste as possible so I recycle everything I can I reuse everything I can and one thing I'm really focused on this year is trying to reduce my textile waste so me and my husband have both recently lost some weight and rather than going out and buying a whole load of new clothes I'm learning to alter our clothes so that they actually fit us um, and therefore save waste and anything I can't reuse at home I tend to cut up and use as rags in the kitchen until they fall apart. And that's certainly taking it right to the end point, isn't it? Well, some things you need to. Other things aren't not so much, but some things you need to try and focus on, and that's my focus for this year. So what do you do, Andy? Do you recycle much? As much as I can. I mean, um, so clearly I like the plastic as much as I can and the cardboard. I mean, it's the amount of paperwork that comes from my door, which is totally not actually addressed to me, and that goes mm -hmm. straight in the bin, uh, in the waste bin, that is. I yeah. mean, it's a real shame that they make it in the first place, but that all goes straight into the recycle bin. Uh, and as I said, you know, the, um, a lot of the food waste out of my... The appropriate stuff to put in the compost bin, this is, goes into the compost bin down the garden. Mm -hmm. And you say, it's a great place for wildlife. I, mean, I think you say you've got rats in your one, but... Uh, I do, but that's... that's <laughs> Because I live next to a railway station, <laughs> <Yeah>. not because <laughs> of my compost heap. 
But um, I mean, they can be, I mean, in terms of other things, it could be a good home for some things like hoverflies. They lay their eggs in there and the larvae feed in there and they're good pollinators. I've got millions and millions. When I turn my compost heap over or I move it around a bit, it's got thousands of grubs underneath it. And they are a combination of stag beetle grubs and rose chafers because um, I have a lot of those in my garden and they absolutely love the compost bin. So Andy, do you want to hear my fact? I'm always ready for your facts, Carly. Okay. So in the UK, households throw away over 26.8 million tonnes of rubbish a year. Guess how many African elephants that's the same as? I don't know how much an African elephant weighs, so I'm not going to guess. <laughs> I don't actually know, but apparently it's the same weight as 3.83 million male African elephants. That's quite a lot of rubbish. That is quite a lot of rubbish. I mean, I think Zoe's fact was bit better than yours, but there you go. It's still a good fact, Carly. Well, Zoe's a professional waste person. So, <laughs> so I found out while I was reading up on all these facts and figures, I found out that one of the biggest areas growing in waste is the electrical items that we now throw away. When I was younger, my mum used to get the repairman out to repair your telly, um, but now we tend to just go and buy a new one. Apparently, we throw away two million TV sets a year. And actually part of that, I mean, I haven't bought a new TV in a little while, um, but you know, part of that is all the materials that goes into it. All those different chemicals, all those different minerals, a lot of mining goes on, you know, and things like that. So it's, that's a huge amount of saving if you, if you can keep using your telly for as long as possible. Yeah, my telly's definitely um, been used a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So I hope you have all enjoyed this episode of Looking After Nature. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or thoughts, or if there's anything you'd like us to talk about in a future episode, please let us know by checking out our social media pages. And we'd really appreciate if you rate and review our podcast on iTunes, as that helps other people find us. For now, thanks again for listening. I'm Andy Davidson. And I'm Carly Harrod. See you next time.